This episode of ACMG Presents Talk Time Live is brought to you in part by Viewfinders Identity Search and Design. Your choice for web design, graphic design, and all multimedia development needs. Visit VFISAD.com and let us bring your vision to reality. Hey there, this is Kyle Abair, the voice of Gohan from Dragon Ball Super, and you are listening to ACMG Presents Talk Time Live. Excuse me, Gohan, this is more of a narrator type thing. Uh, okay. Just do it more like a next time on Talk Time Live. Uh, next time on Talk Time Live. Don't quit your day job, Gohan. It's time. Talk time. Let's go. Anime, comics, movies, and games. Come on and let's get it. Talk time. Anime, comics, movies, and games. Come on and let's get it. Talk time. Anime, comics, movies, and games. Come on and let's get it. Talk time. Anime, comics, movies, and games. Come on and let's get it. Talk time. Live. Started in the 80s with Matt Cross. Dudes in the hood might have called that soft, but I carried that cross like Jesus did. Fast forward, what I teach the kids to learn how to let go, live life, and show love to all things that don't matter. Where y'all from? And luckily, there's a show called Talk Time. We've been waiting for this for a long time. Dax kicks the facts on all the geek news. Special guests and unbiased reviews. Suburban kids, the hipster street dudes. All can learn something new. Me too. I heard words when no faith is empty. I stayed the course, so my haters tempt me. Beep the podcast, that'll make them envy. It ain't too trendy. It's ACMG. Anime, comics, movies, and games. Come on and let's get it. Talk Time. Anime, comics, movies, and games. Come on. Come on and let's get it. Talk time. Anime, comics, movies, and games. Come on and let's get it. Talk time. Anime, comics, movies, and games. Come on and let's get it. Talk time. Welcome back to the Journal of My Life that covers all things anime, comics, movies, and games. This is ACMG Presents Talk Time Live, the Prime Show. I am your host, Xavier Josiah. Folks, we got a really interesting episode this uh, week as we're going to look back at one of the most iconic and, dare I say, legendary uh, manga and anime series that Japan uh, had to offer back in the 80s and the 90s. Somewhat in the 2000s as well, and that is uh, Kanikomon. Uh, many of you may not recognize this because it hasn't aired in ages, but the manga is still going on in Japan. But for old school people like me who collected the toys, who collected toys like Transformers and G.I. Joe, there was one particular toy line that a lot of people have collected too, and it was called Muscle. And that was, in fact, Kanikuman in Japan originally we got some of the toy lines little uh, pink figures here in Japan um, I mean from uh, from Japan and uh, they sold them in uh, America but lo and behold there was so much more to this in Japan and only few people know about everything that, uh, of this franchise I've actually had a chance shout out to my man uh, in the ACMG Facebook group Gary Gibbs the uh, third he actually got me the first 78 episodes which uh spans through a few different sagas and it's some of the most intriguing and interesting things i've ever seen we're going to talk about it the the story the comedy and yes there is a lot of controversy and possibly as to why this never made it to america so 
we're going to talk about all of that this week on our talk topic of the week but of course we have some news going on in our favorite fandoms but before i do that once again i would like to thank all of our new listeners that are um that has come on pop bean uh recently um and our listeners that have checked out the naruto panel it has been an amazing amazing week as far as that we actually finally reached some traction on Podbean. we're now well over a thousand uh new followers and listeners to the show so thank you all and welcome to the show and i will entertain you as best i can through these times especially if you're a fan of all things anime comics movies and games so definitely um i want to point out that the naruto panel was so awesome and we got such great feedback from that um some people reached out and shout out to brian donovan uh who's the voice of rock lee who i will have on this show down probably more sooner than uh later uh probably definitely before this year's over probably even way sooner than that uh there may be others that um are going to be worked on to come on the show as well but honestly uh it's been awesome it's been awesome a lot of great feedback and some revealing as well and i won't go into into terms of names per se but i've received some uh some messages from people who really appreciated the uh show who was really excited because they're huge fans of naruto and i gotta tell you naruto unlike any other anime has an effect on people to the likes i've never seen before and there are some anime that are that and this is the beauty this is the beauty of that art form is that there's some anime out there that is really life-changing and in such a way that it makes you think it helps you it it, the the content the subject matter can be very mature to very violent or very beautiful i mean there's so many different uh genres within anime and that's the difference between you know anime and american animation sometimes you just get one dimension of animation from you know america but anime takes you to so many different levels you like it, i mean so many it, it, there's so many categories and um but naruto especially just from an american audience and in that standpoint i can't speak for japan or any other parts of the world that that show airs but it has helped people in the best way i've heard so many stories if you've listened to the interview with molly when she's been on the show uh first three times we talked about stories of how you know people said it inspired um them and and helped them through some bad times i can understand that because the this you know the character development always focuses on some actually kind of real world type of situations but it's you know implemented and uh into into like a fantasy built narrative but when you get messages and people saying that i love the show i love them uh and even more that somebody in their life was depressed or you know about to commit suicide and watching this show save their life and watching naruto save their life that's deep and unfortunately it's not the first time i've heard it it's not the first time molly has heard it um we've i've heard stories since i've met her i've noticed 
a lot of those stories have come about. And it's, it's wow, it is very much intriguing to hear um, that, you know, watching a show, listening to characters has saved, saved their life. And, you know, I, the, the person that I spoke to actually, you know, said that her boyfriend was going to commit suicide and something Naruto said in one of the episodes stopped him. And that is, I mean, to hear that is one thing to be that person who is a part of the show and to hear that like my, Molly hears it all the time to a point that she's kind of used to it now, but it's still amazing to hear. And I've, we talked about this, um, a while back, especially when I actually, um, especially when I actually, uh, showed her this message that I got. And according to her, it's like, yeah, I hear this all, all the time. And it's, it's at one point it, it, it's, it's surreal to hear this, but I, I I'm telling you, man, I I'm, I'm a huge Dragon Ball fan myself. I love uh, Dragon Ball. It's one of my favorites. It's one of my top favorites of all time. Fist of the North Star. I grew up on that. Um, but I watch a lot of different shows and there's only a few anime series that have just been inspiring to me. I, th- I can just name a few off my finger, off my hand. Uh, I would believe, I believe Naruto is definitely in there, but not to that level what some people have. I would say also, what else? What is the other one? What is the other one? Battle Athletes. I remember watching Battle Athletes. And if you haven't seen Battle Athletes, it's an old anime OVA series. It was uh, a series in OVA. And there was something really awe-inspiring and motivational about that series that I love so much. And it really made me work harder to, you know, and not give up on myself in that type of way. So Battle Athletes did that. But Neon Genesis Evangelion gets full credit for changing and putting a and uh, enlighten me on how I should approach life. And you watch Neon Genesis Evangelion, the original, with the original audio uh, English audio voices and the Frank Sinatra song. Um, I still have a hard time watching the uh, Netflix version. It's going to take me some time. Uh, it's, it they bastardized that damn thing, but they're watching that and everything that has happened with that series and at the very end when it had some really enlightening enlightening and and, and inspiring things to make you think about how you should approach life and how you should take on life changed me really really changed me and anime has that but none i have seen more inspired and i've covered and watched anime for years none of them has been inspiring more inspiring than um than Naruto. There's every character. There's something about every character in that series that somebody relates to in some form or fashion. And I think it is absolutely awesome. And I hopefully down the line that they do a documentary. I would love for them to do a documentary on the Naruto series and really touch on that type of situation because that really is a really monumental point about this that series that I think people don't understand and don't appreciate so with that said um again thank you to the cast thank you to our listeners thank you to all the uh Dreamcom people who actually uh got a chance to you know experience that and again if you're an ACMG member 
you can go on to our ACMG group and actually watch the video version of that uh, that panel as well. And of course, if you're not, you can, uh, well, by the way, if you want to come to onto the ACMG Facebook group, you could go to facebook.com forward slash groups forward slash ACMG one, or we have it on our on you know, at the audio version, which a lot of people have been downloading is one of the highest downloaded shows of the year right now, bar none. And uh, thank you all. I really appreciate it. Thank you to Molly and the cast Naruto and Lisa again. And um, just awesome. I'm looking forward to seeing what's next. And I'm going to say you never know, but things are always happening in the world of ACMG. So folks, that's all I want to say about that. Let's not waste any more time. Let's find out what's new in the world of ACMG. And now it's time to find out what's new in the world of ACMG. All right, so just a few bits of news I want to talk about this week. One of which is Seth Rogen, who is set to be working on a brand new Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles movie. Why am I actually excited about this is because it's freaking Seth Rogen. And I have always been a fan of Seth Rogen and whatever movies he's been a part of, even Green Hornet. I thought Green Hornet was a lot of fun uh, to watch. And he, I thought he did a pretty good job at doing it. I, I, I was hoping to see a sequel to that. It was just, if anything, very entertaining as well. But I love I don't think there's one movie I actually don't like of Seth Rogen. I don't think he's done anything bad on my, on my behalf, on my, in my opinion, that he's done. But having him do a Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles movie, I, just the concept of that is just... If they let him do what he really can do, then it could be very funny. It could be very entertaining, uh, be very action-packed, but definitely funny. And for some reason, every time I think Seth Rogen, I just think he's just going to have everybody get high in some form or fashion. So to see a, a Raphael get high is going to be very interesting. But I know that's not going to happen because Nickelodeon owns the rights to that. So I don't know how far they're going to go with that situation. And I don't think they would. Uh, I'll be really surprised if do. But according to GameSpot, uh, Seth Rogen is said to be behind the scenes of the new animated feature under his production company, Point Grey Pictures. Uh, along with Rogan, the film will be produced by Ev uh, Evan uh, Goldberg and James Weaver. Uh, Jeff Rowe, who worked on shows like Gravity Falls and Disenchantment, which unfortunately shows I wasn't really a big fan of, especially Disenchantment. It was supposed to be, um, uh, what was it? Matt Groening's uh, new show on Netflix and it just, it bore me. It really, really bore me. It was like a very boring show to me. Um, and I think they were trying to catch on with the Game of Thrones, uh, you know, audience and eh, it didn't do anything for me. On a side note, as I was reading this GameSpot article, they kind of, they mentioned that GameSpot is partnered by Viacom CBS. I did not know this. That is very interesting to know. That's why they're getting so much quality in there. So, uh, unfortunately, right now, there's no story, no uh, mention of casting or the release date uh, on this. So details have yet to be revealed. So when it's still in this stage, it's like, all right, is this really going to happen? So we got to stay tuned to find out what's going to uh, what's to come. But it looks like it is a done deal for that. And look, I'm looking forward to it. I am all for it. Uh, 
the turtles has la have lasted so long for so many years and it's awesome to see that uh it's still ongoing now interesting thing i it's funny when i mention it um mention the turtles right now i actually did go on apple tv recently and i was looking up you know some of the cartoons that they have and some of the old animations that they have they actually do have the original the original teenage mutant ninja turtle series and i was i am i may pick that up i may actually pick it up and uh to watch the first season or two and probably even look back at that too that was people love the original series it was a lot to love about the original series and i feel like every time they do a brand new one the quality of it gets diluted not exactly the acting per se but just the the character design and it it just they i feel like they dilute it and dumb it down even more and more and i don't know if it's for artistic purposes or lack of budget but it just it, there there's some really good turtle series that good looking turtle series and there's some really bad looking turtle series out there and i sometimes it, it, it the good part is they're still keeping it going bad part is i would love to see it in in a visual uh, a really great visual light so i uh, will see how they do and this is going to be animated so um hopefully seth rogan's a really big fan of comics and and a whole bunch of hordes of uh you know old school lore so hopefully he will do this justice and it won't be some type of artsy style you know very uh, abstract style of the turtles so we'll see i'm i'm hoping for this um here's some really really interesting news here everybody's all of the fast and the furious fans who were waiting for the latest movie to come out you know it's been delayed many times one of which is because of uh, Hobbs and Shaw which actually after watching Hobbs and Shaw I'm very happy <laughs> that we got to get that movie out because I absolutely enjoyed that movie and I watched it again all just recently and still a very enjoyable movie uh The Rock and Jason Statham are a great great pair together um but we are waiting for the heart of the movie and that is the actual franchise itself fast nine which is expected to come out i think in 2021 um got a bit of a tease recently by luda also known as luda chris um who possibly teased that the fast franchise could be heading into space and okay I'll talk about my thoughts of that in a minute. But according to IGN, Luda came, uh, kind of alluded to the possibility of space in F9, uh, which is supposed to have the return of Han. And we're supposed to figure out how Han came back. And if it's based on anything alien, like I'm going to be pissed. <laughs> um, he, he mentioned this in an uh, interview with The Hollywood Reporter. Now, you got to take note about something here. When you hear stuff like that, I wouldn't take the, his words to heart as something in an interview um, where things could be taken out of context and especially a written interview because when you see a written interview or if you see text or anything you don't always get the full context of what they're talking about if you've seen it visually and you heard him say it you can kind of see it from that point but it, they could have been playing around with the idea of that or joking about it so we don't exactly know i'm my thoughts on this i really hope that's not the case because i mean yes they've done almost everything in every part of the world i, 
and I really don't think they've done everything yet, but they've done some really crazy things and somehow, some way they were able to get away with it to a point that we are like, we as the audience are okay with it. But I think we, I think many of us are going to draw the line if we see his Mustang riding, uh, and, 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 you know, Vin Diesel's uh, Mustang riding on the moon, you know, that's, or, or whatever, wherever they're going to go. I think that's when this is going to go too far. Like they've been able to stretch this series and do some extraordinary over the top things. But I think going into space is going to be overkill. So hopefully that will not be, or maybe has some subtlety to something that's happening with NASA or whatever like that. But hopefully it won't go that far. So, cause I love the direction that the fast series has been going in. It's been awesome and surprisingly lasted this long like really nobody in the world thought that this series was going to last this long this is this show i think this dated back to like the early 2000s it's now 2020 and many of us believe that this was going to be one of those straight to dvd type of things and we'll never hear from it again now this thing has spawned like different spin-off movies and then also like an animated series on netflix I mean, it's been crazy. It's been really crazy with this show, uh, with this uh, franchise. So, but I, I love it. They find a way to make you love this series even more. And we are probably expecting to see another Hobbs and Shaw movie uh, down the line as well. So we'll see. Uh, absolutely, absolutely love it. Last bit of news I have for this segment. Sony Pictures is delaying the Monster Hunter movie. I, first of all, I knew that they were making a movie about this. I didn't know that this thing was set to come out this year, um, which is very interesting. It was it was set to come out September 4th. And I have not seen one trailer of this movie, not one at all. And they're talking about coming out September 4th. That was the case. But however, according to Sony domestic calendar, the movie will now be set for April 23rd, 2021. The movie is directed by longtime Resident Evil Mortal Kombat director W.S. Anderson, who people are, you know, cult fans of his uh, series Love. And I'm a big fan. I've always been a big fan of Mortal Kombat and what he did with that, with the original Mortal Kombat movie. Uh, And starring his, uh, once again, his wife uh, and star of Resident Evil franchise, Mila uh, Jovovich. And um, this this is where the... the, the, uh, the story gets really interesting here. The story of the movie has Mila playing the uh, the role of a character named Natalie Armadit, or Artemis, and Artemis is spelled differently here for some reason, uh, who is the leader of a group of soldiers who gets transported from their world, which I'm assuming, assuming is Earth, into the world of the monster hunter games now as this is being said i don't know if this is going to be this sounds very jumanji to me but it could be the wording they said going into the world of the monster hunter video games which means it's like they're going into the actual cartridges or a disc or 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 the files I, i don't know this sounds like a very Jumanji kid video type of thing, or I'm sorry, not even kid video. Um, I'm taking it way back. Uh, uh, Captain in the Games Master type of um, storytelling here. And this is just too weird <laughs> to me. So I I have a, always have a big problem. This is a, to me, this sounds like a very 
90s way of directing. And for those of you who never watched any comic book movies or movies based on video games for, in the 90s, directors who weren't fans of these franchises and, and, and series and, and, you know, and lores would do would take liberties with the storyline because they didn't understand the actual story and why the story is popular. So what they would do is that they would create their their ego. And it, this is totally an ego thing. Their ego would allow them to create a whole new narrative because they felt like there's a there, there's more of a casual audience out there who may not who may know about this and they may not understand the original story or they don't have the money and budget to create the actual experience which that could be also the case as well uh the budget to create exactly the experience like super mario i'll give that's a great example super mario brothers was a movie it was a terrible movie with great actors it was a terrible movie that didn't have the budget to really do the game franchise justice we couldn't see the mushroom kingdom in the way that we saw it um but it you could tell you look at that movie that like that was just a quick uh, cash grab to get people to pay money to see something that said that was called mario brothers but when you look at it it really didn't live up to the to the essence of what that game was about and they got a director to you direct the movie and do his own version and they thought that this was going to make a lot of money and it didn't uh then you have new line cinema who creates teenage mutant ninja turtles which they were able to do that show justice and make it look great but you also have movies like the punisher the original captain america roger corman's fantastic four and other films daredevil and and stuff like that that didn't live up to the hype and you had people who directed these things and of course again they didn't have i'm sorry you can't tell me that you couldn't have a budget to get to put a skull on Dolph Lundgren when he was the Punisher. I'm not buying that. I'm not buying that at all. It made no sense at all. But you had these really low budgeted uh, attempts to get a quick ca uh, cash grab. And that's what it happened. And this sounds like it's doing the same thing. Uh, now, this is done by Sony Pictures as well. But Sony also made Venom. So I'll just leave it at that. <laughs> and uh it, it, it we'll see we'll see about this this looks this doesn't sound appealing at all but i'm gonna try to look for a trailer to see if anything happened but i didn't see a trailer at all also i want to note that ron perlman is in a movie so there is a plus to this i love ron perlman and ron perlman has not been in a lot of bad films in fact i don't recall any I'm pretty sure he has been in some bad films, but for the most part, he's every film he's been in, he's actually helped elevate that film because of his appearance and it, the roles that he plays. So that's always an added to that. So we'll see. Uh, I, I'm, I'm a little bit reserved about this until I see a trailer. And I got to go out and to look for a trailer for this, but I'm hoping that it'll be good. But the I don't understand like why couldn't they just based it on the world of Monster Hunter and just stop there. They got to bring some some earth element into this and have them travel into the video game. And again, it could just be that it it could be 
them not actually going into the game it's just going into the world itself still it's just it it bothers me so we'll see but uh it was said that the game will have some a lot of the elements of the video game the armor the weapons and everything that you're used to seeing in the game will be in um, in the movie so i'm still have my reserves just based on the premise of this uh movie so we'll see i we uh, we have been doing so really we've done really good with video game movies lately uh sonic the hedgehog was probably so far the best video game movie we've seen in some time and video game movies have yet to hit that market as far as for hollywood because there have been a lot more misses than it has been hits when it comes to that and um but sonic and a few others have really stepped up the game for it so hopefully this won't take a take it back a few steps and we'll see folks that will do it for what's new in the world of acmg we're going to take a break come back and we're going to look back at one of the most iconic manga series and anime series uh in japan and that is kanikoman we'll do that right after this ladies and gentlemen this is dax xavier josiah the host of acmg presents talk time live the podcast you want to catch up with all of our podcast shows and hear from some of the hottest names in all of anime comics movies and games such as this is miley Flanagan, the voice of naruto this is stephanie shea the voice of sailor moon this is ruben langdon voice of ken masters and dante from devil may cry hey there this is kyle abear the voice of ryu from street fighter 5 this is chris battle character designer of teen titans go here's your chance to check out all of that and more on TalkTimeLive.com. TalkTimeLive.com provides all of our ACMG content with new and previous episodes, exclusive interviews, articles, and much more. Visit TalkTimeLive.com and let us help you learn to let go, live life, and love all things ACMG. Talk Time Live. This is Amanda Celine Miller, the voice of Boruto and Sailor Jupiter, and you are listening to ACMG Presents Talk Time Live. Do it. And now, it's time for our Talk Topic of the Week. Ready? Fight! Ha! Ha! back with our talk topic of the week and we're going to look back at possibly one of the most iconic manga series in japan as well as uh a very popular anime series that was in the 80s uh from 1983 to 1986 and that is kanikoman um a pro wrestling superhero manga i don't i forgot the genre of which day this is preferred i know this uh genre in japan it was geared for kids and but it did spawn to a higher popularity in japan and a cult following here in america years back and even now i mean like i've watched the series uh, I, I hate this there's a part of me that hates to say i enjoyed the series for a lot of reasons which we'll be talking about uh as we go on with this uh segment but kanikaman is a really really interesting 
anime and manga series. Uh, so let, let's get down to it a bit. Kanikomon was created by Yoshinori uh, Nakai and Te- uh, Takashita Shimada in 1979. It's, it's just like two years after I was born. This is how far back this series goes. The manga was published by um, Weekly Shonen Jump and has received the uh, Shoga Kukan manga award for children's manga in 1985 it would later adapt a anime version of it uh which aired on nippon tv from april of uh, 1983 to october of 1986 the series would also spawn a number of movies one of which i'm watching right now on my screen uh toys video games and much much more i mean this i like if you think about how much Dragon Ball has spawned a toy line and everything has happened. Kanikamon has done it first. They were the first ones to really do it. And, and, and shortly after Dragon Ball, or, you know, it's hard to say, but Dragon Ball did come out a little bit later uh, in the 80s. About, I think it came out in 85, if I'm correct. I'm, I'm going to probably be wrong on that, Nude. I'm going to say I'm wrong about that point. But let me check. Dragon Ball. Ball first aired in 1984 so yeah right around the time when they started spawning um their own animated show is when dragon ball came out so yeah dragon ball popularity hit a little bit later from that but kanikoman was like the most popular thing at the time and it had multiple movies that has uh come out for this series as well and the show became so popular that it even influenced real life pro wrestlers to pay homage or homage to these series by dressing up like characters like uh, Seguro, which is the main character, or uh, even using the muscle buster as an actual finisher, which if you actually watch this series and you've seen the muscle buster or the Kaneko buster is what they call it. It's one of the most dangerous high impact moves you ever will see whether in animated form or in real life. It is an extremely dangerous move that can injure your neck. Um, they also, uh, Kevin, uh, there was wrestlers that dressed up like Kevin Mask as well, which is another character in the series, uh, using his signature submission uh, moves, which is a little bit more safer than a muscle buster, I'll tell you that. Uh, do want to take note, Samoa Joe uses his own variation of the uh, Kaneko Buster or the Muscle Buster as well, which when you look at it, it seems, it, it looks a little bit safer than it would because he lands on, he does it in a suplex type of way, whereas the original Kaneko Buster has you holding the legs up while his neck is on your shoulder and you're crash and you're landing on your butt giving a heavy impact to the neck that in hindsight and, and and your neck is curved so like the back of your ah it's so bad <laughs> like it's not meant for real world because um use and it's been used many a times i don't know how these guys do it where these guys come out safe but it's crazy but samoa joe has a, his variation which it looks safer in hindsight but it unfortunately has had one casualty um tj not tj perkins um tyson kidd was badly 
hurt from uh, Samoa Joe's muscle buster, which is a rarity. But it's it, p- people write it off as a freak accident due to the fact that he's done this many a times. Um, and it has really had no casualties like that. But Tyson Kidd had to retire uh, because of that move. And it, it could have, I mean, it could be the muscle buster, but it also could be somewhat of his, uh, you know, his body just giving out after years of, you know, possible wear and tear. And that was the move that actually did it for him. But it was sad. But nonetheless, it's still a, an extremely high impact dangerous move from any sense like it's crazy but it it goes to show how really popular that show is um in the u.s we only knew this franchise through a toy line in video game uh on the nintendo entertainment uh, system under the name muscle which was an acronym that stood for millions of unusual small creatures lurking everywhere can I say that still to this day? That is the stupidest acronym I've ever heard. But nonetheless, we love the muscle figures. They came in the uh, form of pink little uh, figures. They weren't really supposed to be. I mean, they were supposed to be playable figures, but they, they were more collectibles than anything. But for us, they were marketed by Mattel Toys, who had the license uh, to sell these pink figurines, along with the uh, toy belt and wrestling ring, uh, which became a real cult hit for uh kids like people remember still remember those uh deals to this day i had a ton of those i mean they were awesome because of how well they were uh created and and crafted um so mattel toys had it but they came up with this marketing scheme to call it muscle it was so stupid but nonetheless we loved them ever so much and i never got the belt the belt was cool because it had these uh it was a it had the buck the the front uh plate but on a side it was like little parts of it that you can place your favorite figures in there and it was cool the muscle the actual wrestling ring who i remember my old friend seneca used to own had were like rock a sockum type of setup where you hold the your muscle wrestler there and you just you know see who knocks the other one off it's uh it's grab it's hold uh it was really cool it was really cool but lo and behold there were more toys in Japan that they never sold here in America. Uh, for some reason, we never got to enjoy the manga as well. We never got to see the anime series, uh, some of the better toys that were manufactured in and sold, or the movies that Japan has enjoyed for decades. Um, not until the series sequel that aired in the US under Fox Kids lineup in 2002 by the name of Ultimate Muscle. Uh, which was Kanikuma Nisa, uh, Nisai, I believe it was called in Japan, featuring uh, Seguru's son, Mentaro, which in the U.S. his name was Kid Muscle, and a new, as well as a new generation of heroes and villains. So many wondered why this never got to see the, the original. Why we never got to see the original series. Well, to, to a lot of credit of Japan, we never got to see a lot of cool stuff that Japan had like we the only way we were able to see stuff back then especially during the 90s and like 89 to the 90s when anime the name anime started becoming a household name and it was being adopted was uh through tape trading and you would go to like you would trade with your friends or you would go to comic conventions where they would have uh, recorded 
footage of this episode because they knew somebody in Japan who would send them this information or mail it to them or whatever like that. And it would just be retaped and retaped and retaped and retaped over and over. So this is how we got to see the Japanese version of Spider-Man. This is how we got to see old episodes of Dragon Ball Z, some of the com really cool commercials that we got to see. Um, uh, soap operas in, in Japan or, or game shows in Japan, stuff like that. Like if you watch Holy Moly right now, you watching shows like Holy Moly and Don't, like those shows are just nothing but like renditions of Japanese TV shows that were just as crazy back then. Like we're so out of we're so out of date right now with these shows, but nonetheless, I love Holy Moly, so I, I'm not even going to say anything about that. But um, yeah, man, it, if you really wonder why we haven't gotten to see any of these series, I had the opportunity to watch the first 87 episodes it wasn't 78 it was 87 actually uh the first 87 episodes which kind of brings up a lot of the different sagas that has uh come up and i can honestly say i may i i actually might understand why to some extent this series has not made it <laughs> here in uh in america or other countries as well so let me give you a really quick um synopsis of the story here the kaneko man is a manga and anime based on an alien uh who who was sort of a parody at the time in the beginning he was sort of a parody of ultraman and then spawned into what of a, a superheroic pro wrestler uh he was made he made his home on earth along uh with his assistant or advisor meat which was like the little kaneko man character um like and, and the funny thing is meet in japan the voice actor for the japan was was portrayed as, uh, portrayed it as a kid but if you watched the ultimate muscle series and i guess this is years later as well first of all he never grew up he never actually got any bigger than he did before so meat stayed the same size after all these years because um you know ultimate muscle was like baruto the uh naruto next generation sort of kind of where you have the next generation of kids out there and you had him you actually had him the same size but he had this grungy old voice <laughs> which is by the way if you can find a way to watch ultimate muscle it is actually a it was a very funny series and i was very upset that they canceled it because a lot of the adr scripts and writing that they did for the show for america was really really funny fox fox for kids uh fox for kids had some like that and the ultraman series was stupid funny because of the dubbing and and the um the adr scripts it was just so funny um some of the some of the jokes they got away with on those in those series are just hilarious but Nonetheless, Seguro made his way uh, home with meat, and Kanika Man, who is who real name is Seguro, uh, is a prince who is looking to prove himself to be a worthy successor to the Kaneko planet, to be king. Uh, by doing so, he faces off against intergalactic enemies from across the galaxy, proving to the universe that he is the champion of Chojins, and Chojins is uh, the means, uh, I believe, is Japanese for Superman. So, although Seguro ends up victorious in a, against many of his foes, it is not flawless as he tends to cower away most of the time uh, uh, and often become a total klutz along the way. His son, Kid Muscle or Mentaro, does the exact same thing. Like, he's 
the, the apple doesn't fall for off uh, from the tree in that case uh they are exactly like except i think kent muscle is a bit more of a coward in, in this case um he often breaks the fourth wall through the series as well while singing his signature song about ramen something else that mentaro uh, aka kit muscle also does as well so that's pretty much the, the simple premise of that story and that's what makes it so intriguing what i love about this series too is that we're, we're watching wrestling today especially wwe a lot of you watch wwe and some of you scratch your head in the storylines and why these you know why everything is happening the way it's happening and it's so convoluted i could tell you watching kanikamon they their story and character development from a wrestling standpoint is much 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 better and more simple to understand than some of the wrestling plots of wwe today guaranteed you can remember a lot of what happened on this show on this series than you would ever in the last few years of wwe bar none so if you're a wrestling fan and you are tired of seeing stupidity happening and this may be one for you but i there is some caution there is some caution with this series and again we're going to follow it up from there but let's talk about some of that with the key and significant characters um Again, we're gonna talk the Justice Chojin, which is like the uh, the superheroes. There's Devil Chojin, which is the bad guys, which is like the Devil Superman, and then there's the Justice Chojin, which is the good guys here. So it's this is the heel and and babyface aspect of it. Um, Terry Man, which is in each each character, I take note of the um, the uh, the Justice Chojin are based on different parts of the world. So there's a representative of different continents of the world. So you got Terry Man, who is the US Trojan, and it is heavily believed that Terry Man was based upon Terry Funk, who is a legend in Japan. And not only that, not only was he actually based on Terry Funk, but Terry Man also uses the same finisher that Terry Funk uses, which is the, uh, I forgot, is the triple leg uh twist I, I i feel like such a bad wrestling fan right now i forgot that um forgot that hold but he uses the same exact hold as terry funk and he's from he's based on the u.s but he's based as a texan he's a cowboy if you will so he is very much based in uh influenced by terry funk there robin mask which is based on the uk uh he's another pivotal character because he started off as a villain you know uh, another thing to point out with uh kenny Kaman is that a lot of the characters there's some similarities to the story development of kenny Kaman as it is to akira toriyama's dragon ball z in a sense that some of the characters in here were once heels and upon facing Kanikoman, they wound up becoming um, baby faces and working alongside Kanikoman here. So you had uh, Robin Master was one of them, and he wound up becoming a Justice Chojin. Uh, Warsman, who was managed by uh, Robin Mask, who is a Russian cyborg, who, uh, who name is apparently in the series was Nikolai Volkov just like the legendary late great hall of famer wrestler nikolai volkov so i thought that was very interesting uh but you know warsman is a cyborg from russia for some reason he and this makes no sense and this is the, this is the absurdity but also the funny part of this 
the comedy of this is that Nick, like Nikolai Volkov or Warsman, was a cyborg as a kid. Like his face, he has a cybernetic face. How did this make sense? And then he grew up into an adult as a cyborg. Like, how did that? even make any this is 80s logic too people like this is rather 80s logic which was there was a a, a a certain level of naivete to 80s logic when it came to creating you know video uh comic books and in well more or less cartoons comic books had a little bit made a little bit more sense but there were some questionable things back then as well but cartoons were just sometimes just done for this sole opportunity to just to make a cartoon because it p kids wouldn't think any uh, thing either thing of it but today we're a little bit more smarter and wiser and more educated to logic or logistics of things um back then i part of me wonders whether they intentionally did that just for humor or did they not think through it enough to say like okay how is he going to grow up to be a cyborg when as from a kid cyborg to an adult cyborg he would have to have so many surgeries and and stuff like that like he can't organically grow up with robotic parts like that just doesn't make sense but it could be the com the comedy side because the comedy did play on a lot of things much similar to that of what you see on family guy which is like some things are just so absurd that you just enjoy it and it just like you enjoy the absurdity of it because it really is just ridiculous <laughs> that you got to laugh at it um so you know there's that then you have ramen man who was a japan uh chojin now ramen man in today's standards will be considered a huge racist stereotype because if you look at the design of ramen man he had the the slanted eyes he had the um you know the uh, regular garb and the fu manchu like mustache which in some cases today's standards would be considered highly offensive and racist to that extent um and again I, i'm going to compare this to family guy because family guy is a show that plays on a lot of the stereotypes that happens in today but not in a way that they believe in the stereotypes they point out a lot of the ups you know uh, the ups, uh scene things that happen but pokes fun of it because it's just ridiculous then you got shows partially like this where it may have played on it as if that's what they believe like when you watch it on family guy you know that they don't believe it they just make notice of it they point they make uh points of the absurdity of the stereotypes that has happened that goes on in, in, our, in our world in our country um but when you see stuff like this especially it being in the 80s you often believe that this is something that they you know this is part of the ideology this is what they have grown up to believe so this right it's really interesting how this would play into today's standards if they ever were to redo this show uh buffalo man buffalo man uh was a former uh, was also a bad guy as well he was a former devil chojin uh and I, I i often believe that he's based on bruiser brody his whole entire look and uh design looks like a fictional alien version of bruiser brody and i have 
not researched that per se. Uh, it's, you know, when it comes to the series, I mean, there's a lot of information out about this series, but there's also still a lot of mystery about this series. Like a lot of people go on their own depiction or, you know, uh, you know, theory as to some of the things that are going on. And then some things are said and recorded and documented. Um, there's so much to learn. This watching this series was like finding some a, a, a discovery in an archaeological dig and you're trying to decipher and trying to um you know uh translate what's going on with this show, with this uh discovery here and this is this is how i felt watching this um then you got also brocken jr who is a german trojan and former nazi representative as well this is one of the biggest offensive characters one of the biggest offensive characters in the uh like i would even say he's way bit more offensive than ramen man in this case um in a sense that all through the first saga when he went to the uh the trojan olympics the first one and he appeared he was rocking the swastika now take note this is supposed to be a kid's show this is an award-winning kids manga and they had this this character embracing the swastika out now it is not it is you know historic hist historical knowledge that japan and 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 germany once worked together so i don't know if it plays on that situation because they consider him a hero but he's wearing the swastika and that part right there is like if i'm someone in the jewish community and i saw this i would be like what in the hell again family guy has at times done episodes where they focus on a holocaust and all the stuff but it's done in a different respect and a done in a different way that it doesn't celebrate it it just focuses on the subject matter whereas this one they had this guy and called him a hero a superman for justice but he's wearing a damn swastika so this was a, there was a lot of problems apparently with this obviously with them doing this so much so that there were countries that banned the airing of this show because of how much they showed brock and uh, jr on this and i definitely now understand this is one of the reasons why this was never going to uh, make it to america in fact if i'm correct they never they never the muscle wrestlers they never had um the toy line that they brought to america by mattel he was not included in this uh brocken jr was not included in this and nor was the swastika as well like they they totally this was crazy like i don't this is one of those things that i would love to see i would love to get uh an interview by the creators which is like finding a needle in a haystack man uh right now i man if i could ever get my hands on uh the opportunity to talk to those guys about this show there's so much to talk about with this show um is that's one of them and some of the episodes oh some of the episodes are very questionable here uh in reference to that but you know i will want to point out and i'll talk about this more that they did make some changes in, re in regards to some characteristics and some things so it, it there were some lessons learned from this uh, you could tell as you go on with the series from there uh the comedy the comedy is it plays on a lot of slapstick humor uh a lot of fart jokes as well and especially when it comes to Segura. um 
they play on that type of humor, that type of satire, which is something that's very modern. Like we're still seeing today on Adult Swim and stuff like that. So again, this is a kid's show, but there was a lot of the, a lot of the humor is that is very similar to what we see in you know adult oriented shows like like adult swim and stuff like that like so it's it's really often crazy to really see how far back or ahead of its time this was because you didn't see a lot of cartoons or animated series like kaneko man back in the day in the 80s and god in the 80s it was highly censored so we would never see some of the stuff that is going on here and they were airing the stuff in japan for kids <laughs> so take note of that um but there was a lot of uh, slapstick humor and it, it also may count for the maturity of japan in some some cases in this um but slapstick humor like this was done um and then they had points of dramatic uh sides when things get deeper into the story and they were fighting enemies and such um and for god's sakes people did die in this show like there were people there were death scenes in this show as well very violent scenes as well and again this is like supposed to be geared for kids there was a lot of violence in here when i first saw this um during the tape trading era in the 80s and 90s when i first got my hands and i figured out like hey that's the toy line from uh the muscle wrestling i didn't know they had a uh, animated series for this or now we call it anime um and lo and behold, I was like, yo, this is really violent. Like they're just, this is really violent. I can't believe they went this far with this series. <laughs> and that's when I first got into this, uh, the show. Now I got to see the whole thing in its entirety, the first 87 episodes. I'm hoping to get uh, to see the other episodes, uh, you know, down the line. So too, so. Um, Kanikoman would often make fun of some well-known pop cultural figures of that era especially in the world of professional wrestling and uh comic books as well uh we would see uh, references from actual legendary wrestlers and uh and superheroes such as like antonio inoki who is like a he's beyond legend he damn damn i say he's god i, I don't want to go there i want to go that far but he is a god <laughs> to a lot of people in japan especially in the wrestling world and in mixed martial arts world because in the in the i guess in politics too he has run for office if i'm correct um in japan him and um the great sasuke have both i believe ran for offices some i could be wrong about anoki but i'm i thought that he did run for office there but he is a huge public figure in japan um he's known in the world of professional wrestling and mixed martial arts uh so he's been often mentioned here uh hulk hogan has also been mentioned in here andre the giant uh has been mentioned there's also a character neptune man who's been who's absolutely based on hulk hogan um andre the giant has been mentioned captain america has been seen in the manga spider-man ultraman has been seen during the first few episodes of um of the series as well characters from dr slump has been shown in uh some of the movies luthez has been mentioned in many many more like there's a lot of references man it's really really awesome some of them of which is like if this is a kid's show how would kids know about some of these characters in in a sense well i know they would probably know about dr slump i know i don't know how much luthez has also been a very uh legendary wrestler who wrestled in japan as well so i could see them knowing about him um i believe there was even like uh stan hansen or something that made an appearance bruiser brody i believe was uh made an appearance here macho man i think made an appearance on the anime as well so i mean 
they it it was highly popular and it, and it reached a great amount of fans in the pro wrestling world and stuff like that because pro wrestling has always been huge in japan still to this day uh it's a big deal they actually treat it like a real sport over there uh nowadays a little bit more it's become slightly a bit more um what is it? Uh, like uh, sports entertainment like but still has the element of strong style and, and the sports like mentality and the audience do uh, still treat it as such as well to some extent I don't think as much as they used to uh, but still enjoy it just as much and respect it just as much for the heart and hard work that they put into it now let's talk about the controversy the controversy of this uh, deal is one of which I've you know so what happens is basically Seguru or Kanikaman wins the Olympics. Spoiler alert: He actually, you know, wins the Olympics. He becomes the champion, and as champion, he has to go around the world. They actually do the real pro wrestling thing that they used to do with the NWA back in the day. He would go around the world, much like Ric Flair used to with the um, World Heavyweight Championship that he did, and he legit, Ric Flair legitimately went around the world to defend his title to every different continent around the world that's what that's why he will always be one of if not the greatest wrestling world champion of all time because he legit went around the world uh wrestling for that wrestling against uh people with that title so they have kaniko man doing this exact same thing and he goes around the world to different continents and different countries to defend his title to prove his uh his chojin championship and defend it and along the way he does lose that title by the way but um he one of the episodes show him heading to africa to defend his title in the country's chosen uh chosen champion now what made this episode so a bit controversial not even a bit uh controversial is the depiction of the african people which was based on some of the same racist stereotypes that we would see in some animated uh u.s animated features such as tom and jerry looney tunes uh even some disney <laughs> some disney uh cartoons back in the day um that we would see and i was told now here's the thing here's the part that i had to question like i i didn't want to when i saw this episode i didn't want to just jump at it immediately i wanted to see it through to see all right it was obviously how they depicted it they had the you know the the lips the really dark complexion the bones you know it was just the the, the indigenous look if you will um so i was offended but i still uh, although i was offended i still wanted to see this through and i didn't want to stop and go like go all crazy and and and, and go on twitter or social media and like did you see this crap you know i wanted to see this through and see what they were doing and although they did depict the african people in such a way the storyline of this was that kanikuman was a hero he was a good guy and he actually treated the tribe and the people in a really good way he didn't he didn't uh he wasn't offensive he didn't come off as uh he he wanted to show himself as a hero to all so and it was a sort of a little bit of a storyline there where there was a kid who wanted to believe in uh in kanikoman and kanikoman wanting to prove that this kid that you know he was a hero to him and there was that storyline right there that kind of were like okay 
they have this depiction of of people of color that way which was a lot it was just a situation that happened all over the place but the storyline had it where Kanikamon treated the country with respect he actually enjoyed and loved the country it was just badly depicted so it led me to believe my critical thinking at that point in time led me to believe that their heart was like the creator's heart was in the right place and the director's heart was in the right place they just referenced it based upon what has already been shown in the u.s and i'm going to talk about that further because that plays a little bit of factor based on conversations i have with a friend from japan as well um so i i looked at that i was like okay this was the times in a sense of if you're japan and this is the 80s and we didn't have internet so you don't often know but you're basing it on what has been shown on tv already so you're gonna think that it's okay to do what you did but not because nobody's telling you otherwise and we haven't been fighting about this type of stereotypes up until late like years later so they're only basing with their understanding of what's going on based on that but i believe that they have learned their lesson down the line and it shows now there were some black drawn characters uh design characters that did have the the stereo and i was like i'm thinking like why did they not just do what they did with this other character this other you know non uh i, I want to say npcs but like these were like non uh these were just background characters that didn't really play a factor in there but they weren't drawn with the lips or the bones or whatever it was just weird but the the, the two characters that they focused on was like a father and son that it was uh they they had this depiction of they drew this depiction of them with the, the, the stereotypical indigenous style look of what people did with africa um and many other old 50s and 60s cartoons so there was that and we haven't been fighting about you know um representation or appropriate representation till many years later so i i, I took it as that so that one i kind of was like okay let's move on let's hope they don't do this again unfortunately they did one more time episode i believe is episode 48 and this is what i call the blackface episode in the middle of this episode uh Kanikoman breaks into a parody where he's disguising himself as the real life pop singing group the chanel's who was notoriously known for performing in blackface and when I saw this, and it just came out of nowhere, it just popped up out of nowhere. And I was at all just watching this. This was like a five minute singing uh, uh, sequence right here. We see the entire music number with the main character and other characters performing in this same getup and in total blackface. Much to say, I was definitely offended and saddened by this unexpected scene. And then later, I, as I researched it, I learned that it was based on the Chanel's and all the stuff, but it doesn't, <laughs> it really doesn't make a damn difference. Again, granted, this was the times and I was a kid in the eighties. So I don't know how, I don't know how to what extent people fought about the, or how, you know, really, I don't think, the thing is too, I don't think in the eighties, 
the, it wasn't until like the mid 90s where we started like when spike the Spike Lee era is what I call it or the public enemy era is when we really started fighting about seeing depictions like this on TV because in the 80s in the 70s and the 60s and the 50s people got away with it in a sense and we couldn't say or do anything about it now you know later on in the years you know like 89 and 90 88 89 90 we started making some noise about it and that's when things be started changing to that extent but i don't know this was another reason i believe why this hasn't even remotely and it, 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 honestly they could have actually even if they wanted to they could have just taken out both those episodes and just aired the rest of it there but you still had to worry about brock and jr and the whole you know and his thing so because of how many episodes that was in there i'm pretty sure that it had to I, i'm pretty sure it had a lot to do with why this series never made it to america until like 2002 because brock and jr and that swastika and then you got these episodes like they were totally out of touch um this was a very tone deaf type of show in the beginning and wow there was also a part of me that would be instant to cancel this out this series but instead i continue to watch the series through and when i did i noticed changes happening in respect to some of the developments of the characters such as brock and jr who no longer wore the swastika that he wore from a number of episodes in the first sagas in the seasons um and i believe that they even changed the storyline around to say that like he no, no longer wore the swastika to um represent unity i guess or whatever like that i, I believe they did change it around but they after a while they absolutely did stop using the swastika and now he instead in, in uh replace that his hat which once had wore this uh the symbol as well now has a crossbones and skull on it so that's what he started using on ultimate muscle and that's when he started using for more than just that after a while so um they did change that because they did get a lot of a lot of heat for having that character embrace that swastika the way that he did because they wanted to and i believe some of the um some of the countries banned this show that they were uh, like uh, the uk and all this such uh they banned that show because of the use of that um germany wasn't even happy with that because they started they um they stopped using it and they started embracing uh the lack of the swastika use as well they wanted to change the way that they were you know uh looked at as well so this show got banned because of that reason but they did eventually change it after a while um since none of these episodes have aired in, in the u.s we never got to view our opinion on the show at the time so i would it, it's a shame because i would be very interested to see whether how offended society would have been towards this would they have let it go and i have a feeling that they would have they absolutely would have um just from watching uh, the first few arcs it appears that the changes were done for the better which leads me to believe that the studios and the creators were although a bit tone deaf to some of the developments that they were doing and they needed to keep up with the times respectfully and it looks like they did um when ultimate muscle series aired there was none of that controversy uh, uh, controversial stuff i've even uh, went as far as watching the uh movies 
the niece the the uh Kaneko Mount Nissan movies none of that is shown in that so they did eventually learn their lesson from that I just a part of me wish I can hear them like the two creators talk about why they did and what they were thinking and the wrongs that they did from that I would love to get that type of conversation and I unfortunately I've seen it but it you know quietly they made a lot of changes to the series um none of us were even aware I think when Ultimate also came out it was funny none of us were even aware that Brock and Jr was an actual Nazi despite the fact that he wore similar attire to what you would see from a Nazi uniform uh with it especially I think the other thing too is because when you watch Brock and Jr it's often being compared to M. Bison uh, because M. Bison in America was a very popular character uh, from the Street Fighter series who wore a similar outfit, but he, he, he wore a red version of it. So you didn't make the reference to that point. It appears that Kanikaman is still being published um, in Japan the, as a manga series still. Um, there were some hints uh, a while back uh, by the creators that a possible reboot of the original series uh, was scheduled to come. Um, and, and, and here's my thing. Here's the compromise of this whole thing. The compromise of why I continued to watch this series and partially enjoyed it was because I was told by people from Japan when after I watched this and I had to, I had tons of questions um, that during that time. And the country, the country was very unaware. And I mentioned about this, the lack of internet and stuff like that. They were unaware of what was considered offensive due to the limitations of news that they get from other countries. It's the same as what we had. We had no idea of what was stereotypical or whatnot from other countries in Japan. And because we watch certain TV shows, um, yeah, you know, especially in the 80s, this could be very understood in the sense that during the 80s, the internet was non-existent from commercial from a commercial standpoint um so information could not travel but so far the only information that we did get was from what we read on newspapers which was like little articles or whatever like that when you read articles you don't get the totality of which you need to know there's only bits and pieces that is heavily edited into the point magazines also um what you saw on like tv shows like lifestyles of the rich and famous or you know stuff like that back in the day um or news segments which were very limited suggestive and manipulative at times so you only got to see certain aspects of it tell tell it what you want they they are very highly edited you only get so much and then there's some things that you don't know trust me because it always happened the whole black on black crime thing was created by the media not by us because <laughs> there's there's white on white crimes there's all types of other crimes around the world but when it comes to black on black that was media created bar none uh so and gangster rap as well i want to point that out too that was never something that was coined by anybody in the hip-hop community that was coined by the media um in general so you know take that into consideration you know you can rewrite history vince mcmahon knows that he does it all the time so um we as a world have much more knowledge of things thanks to the world wide web today so um i can kind of be a bit more forgiving of the series and the creators and 
the developers of the show because of the times now if this all happened now today oh there will be a hell of a lot of controversy they would be hell to pay if all this happened today in the way that they did it in 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 in, in the respect that they did it it would be a lot of hell today but um it, it's a slight bit more forgiving at this point because it happened in time. I mean, if you go back, we still watch Tom and Jerry to this day, but they did a lot of racial things as well. The Flintstones, I believe they did some things as well. Um, Looney Tunes, especially. My God, Looney Tunes. There's so so many episodes. Like, if you watch that, you would not look at Bugs Bunny or Porky or all those guys to say it because there were some episodes that they are no longer showing. Those episodes with Tom, with, uh, Tom and Jerry with the maid, you'll never see those again ever ever <laughs> again those things are burnt to the ground disney as well you will see a lot of those episodes ever ever again um like zippity doo zippity day you when's the last time you saw that <laughs> okay uh so i'm a bit more forgiving especially because they made plenty more episodes afterwards and they made it you can see some obvious changes that they did to the franchise and then when ultimate muscle came out it was none of that so i i i'm a bit more forgiving of what i'm seeing here i just know that i will never see i will never watch episode 48 again in fact i need to delete that episode upon after this show because that was just that was overkill that was so overkill just oh it was you can see it online you can find it online you can find it a ways but i would tell you this i would not cancel the series based on that one episode because if they did it like one or two more times throughout the series i would be pissed but i can tell you you know people make mistakes and people do do, do really do dumb stuff we're all afforded an opportunity to make up for what we've done we're all afforded at least once to make up for what we've done and I, you know, I'm a little bit more forgiving for this because when you take that away, it is a really fun series. It, uh, it, it does have its good intentions and you can see that throughout the series. It does have its good intentions, but they go about it the wrong way in some form or fashion. There are some bumps in the road as they do it, but for the most part, it is a funny series. It is a really good series, but I, as far as whether i want them to do it if all things i definitely want to see the series make a reboot because if they reboot the series from this original and make a lot of great changes to it this could be a really fun cool anime series to come out and i want to see it so bad like i said they just celebrated i think the 40th anniversary of the series or 50th anniversary of the series and they did so with a with a few cl like clips of modern episode like modern uh illustrations of what some of based upon some of the old sagas and what it would look like i think they can absolutely redo this series and i would love for them to do this series over again give it a whole fresh coat of paint it looks from the cell from the uh the images that i saw it looks spectacular um i would i, I don't know what they're doing with the series right now um i'm hoping that it's going to make a comeback because if they do they're going to refresh the whole entire thing we won't see the races episodes we won't see um the swastika this time around it'll be totally different and 
God, I wish that I can read the manga too. So actually, I think I can some way somehow. But um, I, I this is a really cool series when when it's done right, when it's done absolutely right, and it, the fact that it's still running. Um, it's funny. I'm looking at Brock and Jr. right now on uh, one of the movies. He's wearing a crossbone uh, head and no longer in place of the swastika. There's just a B in there. So that tells you right there that lesson learned and they moved on and they, you know, did what they needed to do to correct that. Because in all lessons, the series is great. But, um, you know, lessons to be learning that. But if you haven't watched this series, I highly recommend going out of your ways. It's just one of the most intriguing animes i've ever seen um as a wrestling fan i love it as a anime fan i am immersed in this and despite the few bits of stereotypes and stereotypical things and racist uh situations thank god they're out of the two episodes it didn't outweigh the rest of it um and they they evolved from the times from that but you take those two episodes out and as well, if and if you're part of the Jewish community, I would just wipe out the entire. I would just wipe out the entire like first few seasons with Brock and Junior in there, but um, yeah, it, it it's a it's a very interesting series. But I would love to see this series rebooted again. So go out of your way to check it out if you can. Uh, can you come on? And you can. I believe there's some ways somehow you can find the um, the Ultimate Muscle series somewhere out there. Uh, it that was a really funny series but if you're a fan of this show and uh if, or if you're a wrestling fan worth going to check it out it's just it's a study it's a great study of the times indeed so folks that will do it for this edition of talk time live thank you guys so much for being a part of the show and thank you once again to our new listeners of the show thank you again to our new people on all of our people on poppy as well as iHeartRadio, as well as spotify and uh google podcast apple podcast pocket cast as well um that's where we're at we're, we're everywhere and anywhere you want to be folks so you can uh download and subscribe to all of those as well you can also go to talk time live the official website of talk time live uh at I'm sorry, I didn't even say the website, talktimelive.com, which is the official uh, website of Talk Time Live. And uh, go out of our way to check it out, all of our episodes, but exclusive episodes are easier to find on talktimelive.com. So you could go there, tap on the list of menus, and you'll see the exclusive page. You tap on that, you'll find all of our episodes. And all, well, not, not all of them, because I actually there's like two or three of the recent interviews that I've done that I need to add on there as well. Uh, there are over 40 interviews with some of the best in uh, the gaming industry, the anime industry, Marvel, artists everywhere, comic book artists everywhere, you name it. There's a, a huge list of great um, names that I've had the honor and pleasure of interviewing on there. But you could go there or you can type in talktimelive.com forward slash exclusive and go from there. And uh, I, this is such a great ride. It's not, let me tell you something. I enjoy every bit of this road that I've gone in and had the honor to do some really cool things, but it's not an easy road. There are some hardships. There are some things that you go through in life with people who may not have your best interest or um, along the way. And, you know, you're going to, if you ever pursue this 
or anything, whether it's being an actor, whether it's being an art comic book artist, you're going to have some bumps in the road, some of which is social, some of which is um, economical and things is just trial and other trial and tribulations in life. But if you truly love it, you'll give it your all. There's no luck about it. You, luck is not needed when you work, when you give it your all. So I love this road and I will always continue to do this road. Even like I'm a, sometimes I'm a zombie. Sometimes I don't have <laughs> uh, the energy to do this sometime. And just because I just love it so much, I keep it going. And then I'm, I, I feel better after I do it anyway. So thank you all for supporting this road, especially during these times. Um, where black lives are trying to matter and we're trying to show our worth in our lives is greatly appreciated to all of everybody who supported not only me, but just anybody in my community. God bless you all. And thank you so much next week, uh, for select start, especially, uh, for our video game portion of our talk time live show, uh, select start. I am going to review Sinran Kurgura, the recent, uh, renewal, uh, burst renewal, which I never got a chance to play. It was on a PlayStation four. I needed something different from the last mech episodes, uh, the mech games. I was going to actually review cause I did pick up, um, sword art online, uh, fatal bullet. And I, I got, I got a spoiler alert, man. I am, I, I, I there are parts of it. I enjoy, but there's something about the sword art online games. I cannot get into. So it, a lot of it is a lot of dialogue as well. So I am opting out of that. I went for something a little bit lighthearted. So, but very interesting because there's some subject matter that I want to bring up as well. But Sinran Kagura, uh, which is a cult popular game series, and it also spawned its own anime series, which you can see on Funimation. Uh, they had a game that came out last year, which was a remake from their very first game on the 3DS. So I'm going to review that this week on Select Start, along with any other news that we get uh as well so we'll be doing that and on sunday i got a special guest coming on to the show um she goes by the name of tokyo rose she is a member of my group that has been very enlightening very 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 enlightening to the group uh she is going to be on a show to give a perspective that we that we as american anime fans or otaku need clarification on so everything that you possibly want to know the sub versus dub discussions uh certain other genres and stuff like that we're going to get it out in the open this week and tokyo is going to help out with that as well so i'm very much looking forward to talking with her and get some clarification as far as from a from a japanese cultural perspective uh, as to what we need to understand when watching anime. So all you anime uppity bastards, get ready because you're about to get schooled <laughs> this next week on Talk Time Live. So stay tuned for that as well. So folks, that will do it for me. This is Dax Xavier Josiah saying, learn to let go, live life, and love all things anime, comics, movies, and games. This is ACMG Presents Talk Time Live. I am out of here, people. Please continue to stay safe. Keep everybody safe and stop with the damn fireworks. People, you're blowing up yourselves doing these things. It's ridiculous, but I digress. Have a great week. Take care.
Music for this episode is provided by Game Chops. Check out these great chiptune tracks and more at music.gamechops.com.